When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they look to put together a winning roster for the Steelers in 2021 and beyond. So this week I come to you after the Steelers get the draw against the Detroit Lions. I don't really want to talk too much about this game. Uh, but I kind of have to because we've got to look back at the Steelers' rookies' performances in this game. Look, there's been a lot of discussion across behind the Steel Curtain, you know, the podcasts that we have, the web, you know, the articles on the website at punsteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And then there's also obviously a lot of discussion going on, you know, social media right now with Steelers fans sort of questioning where this team's headed. Uh, you know, if you listen to Jeffrey Benedict, you know, uh, on the cutting room floor this week, he really talks about, you know, has this Steelers team, you know, hit their peak, as sad as that might that might be at 5-3-1. and one. Look, I definitely think they're outplaying some of the abilities or the the experience that they've got in a number of positions. And we and we've talked about that a lot, you know, around these rookies as I've as I've looked each week at this rookie room. But at the same time, you know, look at the Detroit Lions. They're 0-8-1, right? We're 5-3-1. and one. 
you know, through nine games of the se- of this 17-game season. So we're more than halfway there. It's kind of odd. What is it, like you know, 55%, you know, in terms of a percentage ratio. But at the end of the day, it could be 3-5-1. and one. It could be 0-8-1. We could be in the Lions position when you really think about where we're at across a number of different positions. You think that they didn't have, you know, Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger for this game. So I think you've got to just sit there as Steelers fan and kind of take it as a comps. Even if you're expecting this team to do terrible, even if you're expecting them to lose every game, even if you expect them, you know, not to win more than six games, hey, They've been through nine. They've won five, drawn one, and only lost three. Like, they're going to get the six games. I still think they're going to get to double-digit wins. Uh, I said that before the start of the season. I I tempered, you know, my expectations, you know, back from 12 or 11 wins uh, to 10. I still think they can get to 10 wins when you really look at the next eight games. I think they're going to win a couple. They're going to pull some things out. They're going to get some guys back. I mean, look, if you get two it back the last three or four games, that's going to help you tremendously and take some pressure off. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm interested to see what this team can do. But if we look back on this game, I'm not going to analyze the play. I'm not going to analyze the performance. What I will say uh, is I actually, and I know he's not a rookie, just putting on the record, I don't think Mason cost us the win. Many other things cost us the win there. Uh, but from the rookie perspective, that's what we're here to talk about. Najee Harris, 26 rushing attempts for 105 yards. I said on War Room, I didn't want him, you know, really doing more than 20. The reality was as soon as Ben was out, you know, you knew Najee was going to get the ball, you know, probably 25 or so, you know, times from a rushing perspective. He had four targets for four receptions, 28 yards as well. You know, some massive, massive day from Najee Harris. I think he's only a handful of yards. I think I saw on Twitter today. Uh, you know, before this show that he's, you know, a handful of yards away from the thousand scrimmage yards for the season, which is just a tremendous effort uh, through less than 10 games, you know, for him to contribute the hundred like that, you know, really is, you know, completely tremendous. And when I look at the rushing you know, yards today, he's got 646 uh, receiving his 317. So yeah, he is not a handful of yards, but you know, he's not, he's not too far away there. He's got 963 yards. So another 37 yards, which is well below, you know, what he's averaging a game, but another 37 yards from, from scrimmage. And, you know, he breaks the thousand mark, which is terrific. Uh, so Najee Harris, another top performance there. You can't ask much more from him, particularly in a week that we get reminded of, you know, what he can do and what we've missed since, you know, Le'Veon Bell was in form with us. Glad we don't have the attitude of Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, he's been released by the Ravens. Good riddance. Hoping he doesn't come anywhere near us. Uh, but, you know, Najee Harris, another top performance there. Pat Freemuth, uh, he had nine targets for five receptions. We saw the fumble, obviously, that, you know, really cost the Steelers. I hope he doesn't blame himself about that. I hope that we see him bounce back this week, particularly if Big Ben's back. I think he's going to be really key uh, away in the Chargers environment against their defense. Uh, someone that can get key first downs, can you know make you know help out, uh, particularly on, on long second downs. Uh, can get those third down conversions. I think he's going to be key in the red zone against them. Uh, but he had 31 yards, you know, last week with a long of 10, no touchdown this week. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we did see, you know, from his perspective, um, you know, the two the week before. And, you know, it's interesting. We're going to get to we're going to get to one of the Chargers rookies a little bit later. But if you actually look at the top 15 rookies in the entire league right now uh, through through week 10, 
Creed Humphrey, who the Steelers, you know, were rumored to be looking at as well in, in rounds one and two, uh, you know, and who a lot of people were like, let's uh, let's hope we can get him, um, you know, in, in the draft. And instead we picked, um, you know, Pat Freemuth in round two, which I loved and we've talked about enough. I'm not going to go into the story with me and that. But, you know, Pat Freemuth is actually number 13 on the top 15 rookies list. You wouldn't have thought that walking out of the draft. Um, you know, when you think about Kyle Pitts and you think about all the other players taken, like Najee is in, and this is according to PFF grades, what I'm talking about right now, but Najee Harris isn't even in this, uh, you know, when they look at the different positions. But, you know, I think it's fantastic to see, you know, Pat Freemuth here. He's someone that's around me around long-term for the Steelers. He's an exciting player. You know, I talked about him a lot last week, so I'm not going to go too much heavily more into it now. But, you know, Pat will bounce back. Paddle bounce back, and you know, in the end, in the end as well, you know, uh, f- uh, for when it comes to the tight ends, you know, and what they can contribute in their rookie year, you know, it's very dependent on what the quarterback's doing, or who the other receivers are, what have you. You know, if Ben had been in, been in this game, you you might have seen him do a bit more. You might have seen him catch a few of those more balls. Uh, you know, but from that perspective, I'm pretty happy with Pat Freeman in the season. You know, we're now through nine games. He's got 276 yards. I think he'll break the 500 mark. You, can, you know, if you can get another four TDs on the season, eight TDs, 500 yards, I think you'd be pretty happy uh, with that to end your rookie season if you're Pat Freemuth. But yeah, I'd like to see him somewhere like the 600 plus um, if you can and have a bigger end to the season than he did start, which would make sense in the way he set himself up for it. Going through the rest of the Steelers rookies as well, you know, as we move on, probably a bit more to the defense side of things. As they allowed him two tackles there on the defensive side of the football, uh, you know, decent day from him. But again, you know, if you think about what Jeffrey Benedict said, whether you listen to it or not, on the cutting room floor, you know, Jeffrey talked about the fact that you're asking Isaiah Loud- Isaiah Loudermill, particularly Henry Mondo, to do things that they shouldn't be expected to have to do. Equally, same with Chris Wormley, uh, because of some of the injuries, you know, to Tuit and Aluwalu uh, on the defensive line. So, you know, decent day out for the out in the office for him. Um, you know, in terms of those two tackles there, Presley Harbin, uh, he had that key tackle on that punt. That's why I thought I'd bring it up on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, Trey Norwood in there too. Uh, didn't do you know too you know nothing massive there, but his pass defenses were, were great with two you know two key pass defenses. You know I think he's gonna be really key this week against Herbert. Uh, so interested to see how the Steelers can work him in. Cody White, um, you know he had one tackle on special teams, so interesting from that from that perspective. Uh, rather than what we saw from you know him anything on the offensive side offensive side of the football. Um, you know, you know, there, uh, Presley Harvin had six punts for 280 yards, an average of 46.7. That's not bad with a long of 61. So he showed up today, uh, up today, he showed up this game, uh, which is great from that perspective. Uh, where that's moving to, you also had Derek Tootscar, he was on one blitz. I think he only had two uh, missed tackles, um. You know, there. So he had a missed tackle percentage of 100%. That's not great uh, from Derek Tuska um, there. So the Steelers rookies, it wasn't a game that we're going to sit there and go wow with. Uh, you know, Dan Moore, Kendrick Green, you know, they didn't look particularly 
I thought they'll be better than what they did against the Bears, but obviously, you know, particularly more down more there. Kendrick Green, obviously, though, some of those snaps that flew, you know, in all which ways in every direction, that needs to be fixed. You can't do that in this down this stretch against the teams we've got coming up, like the Titans, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns. It's just not good enough. Um, so he's got to fix it. And, and, you know, Tomlin said that in the press conference this week. He, you know, he said straight, you know, Kendrick's just got to do it better, um, you know. So that that's just really this is really key. He's got to snap the ball better. Uh, when you look at it like that, Pat Freeman played sixty two percent of the offensive snaps. That's a, that's fairly high in what he's done this season. Najee was eighty seven percent there. Cody White only played forty percent on offense. Um, from that perspective, when you look on the defense side of the ball, Louder Milk thirty five percent, Trey Norwood thirty nine percent. Uh, from the, from those two guys, Derek Toots got 20%. Um, so, you know, the, the Steelers rookies there, you know, it's it's kind of what we expect from most most of the games. It's it's really the offensive line guys are playing 100%, Pat Freeman with Najee 80%, and then the other guys in defense, you know, because they are second, third, and, you know, in some cases, technically in some seasons, they'd be fourth round depth. Um, they, you know, they're playing a third or less of the snaps. So it makes sense. Uh, when you look on the on the on the line side, just to close this part off, uh, you know Jamar Jefferson, uh, you know he had a, hit a decent game there, and then played four snaps, four uh, percent of the snaps, and you know obviously he went off injured in the game. But you know we want, we did say he would do you know some positive things, and as would Armin Ross and Brown, they did. Um, so you see, so you sort of saw what we talked about last week on this show. Look with that, we're going to go to a break on Steelers Warren. Otherwise, I'm going to be going a break, at a, you know, to a break in the middle of the the Chargers rookies. They've got a few rookies, uh, so it's a bit like Detroit last week. I am hoping to get through uh, a little bit on the college side by the time we get through part two. Uh, but stick with us here on Steelers Warren, and uh, yeah, we'll have the the Chargers rookie room coming right up. We're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they look to put together a winning roster uh, in 2021, the winning roster for a seventh Lombardi. And also, you know, kind of put you in the mind of what they're doing each week as they're looking at the rookies of, you know, the other the, the teams that they're coming up against, their opposition each week. This week, we've got Los Angeles Chargers, away SoFi Stadium. And so, you know, it's time to sort of preview what was a quite a bumper rookie class when you think about where the Chargers are at right now. They're five and four, second in the AFC West, uh, first year uh, head coach in, in Brandon Staley uh, as well. Points for their 15th to 32, points against 25th of 32. They allow 25.3 games. So, you know, opportunities here, particularly if Big Ben does play, uh, offensive coordinator is Joe Lombardi. Defensive coordinator is Ronaldo Hill. Uh, you know, an idiot owner and Dean Spanos, um, and a and a general manager who I think defied a lot of his critics in Tom Telesco. Uh, but let's get into these uh, these rookies. 
So you've got Trey McKitty. Uh, he was drafted in the third round. Now, I thought that was quite high for Trey McKitty. I was a little bit surprised. He was someone that, like, in some of the mock drafts was going more, like, fifth and later, and often in cases, sixth and seventh. So uh, interesting he went that high. Uh, you know, I looked at him more as a blocking sort of tight end, but he was out of Georgia there. He's six foot four, 246 pounds, according to Pro Football Reference. I think he might have a bit more size on him than that now. Uh, he's really to come on the last few weeks. So he's played in week eight, nine, and 10, where he played 18% of the offensive snaps in uh, week eight, only 9% in week nine, and 32% in week 10. Uh, so interesting that, that there from that perspective. Uh, he's number 88, you know, as well. Uh, so when you're looking out for him this week, I don't think he's got any, uh, you know, sort of penalties against him. So it's a key thing to note. Um, you know, from that perspective as well. So, you know, he's not done, you know, too many deep things from the, from the stat line perspective, um, you know, but but that's where it's sitting with Trey McKitty. But again, he's someone, it's like I say each week, just because they're not done something on to date, especially when you look at a guy like Trey McKitty and where he is, um, and he's a bit more of that, bl- that blocking sort of style tight end, you know, you might see something this week. You might see a wrinkle. You might see them look to expose something that they might have seen on tape and the way they can use him. So, you know, that's Trey McKitty for you. Then I move on to, uh, and I'm going to have a go at his name. Uh, I haven't uh, before we went on air, but it's Armin Ogenbont. And of course, the page uh, refreshes on me, which is always fantastic when you're in the middle of a, of a podcast. That Armin Ogbong Bamiga. I, I don't know. I apologize to him, um, you know, as well there, but that's a, that's a very hard one. I've actually never heard that pronounced. He's someone that I did see, um, you know, in the draft process, but I didn't ever see his name pronounced. I haven't seen any tape from him or anything like it. Now he's from Oklahoma state uh, there. He went undrafted, um, you know, to my understanding, uh, he's played almost in every game. And it's all been on special teams um, and then a bit on the defensive side of football, but it's less than 15% for every game except the game against Baltimore. Um, so obviously he features more in this, the heavy run sort of set. He's six foot, 230 pounds, 31 pounds. Uh, they're number 57 for the, for the San Diego, uh, San Diego, for the LA Chargers. He's had one sack on the season though. So that's one key thing to note, uh, you know, from his perspective. And I believe that that came actually a lot in the last week's game. So that's quite interesting. Pass coverage, he's allowed two, two completions on two targets for uh, 25 yards. Um, he has missed two tackles on the season. So, you know, he's not obviously the first choice there. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got um, Murray there, uh, you know, they're, they're inside linebackers. So, you know, interesting to see from him whether he contributes in this game. But as I say, it's interesting that he played he may be in a situation where he's, you know, playing a bit more against the Steelers and trying to stop, you know, Najee Harris. So the next guy we've got is uh, Josh Palmer and he's out of Tennessee. Uh, he was taking the third round and it was a bit of debate between whether he'd go in the second to the fourth round. Uh, he's got 126 yards in the season of 12 receptions. Uh, that's an average of about 10 and a half yards for one TD. He's played, um, you know, in, in every, basically every game this season. His catch rate, um, you know, has been, you know, 100% where he catches, uh, you know, two passes or less, which is mo- most games, um, you know, and, you know, he's had, 
one game where he only caught one from four targets. That was his season low of 25 yards. Uh, you know, but he's played a high, you know, against Baltimore. Again, interesting. I played all these rookies against Baltimore. Uh, but you know, he played 52% of the snaps. Then every other every other week he's played a third of the snaps or under. He does play on special teams, about 20% of the snaps there. So interesting from Josh Palmer uh from that perspective and, and in terms of where he where he's sort of sitting on the season for them. Uh, you know, again, with a guy like Justin Herbert, any of these sorts of guys can be leveraged as well. Uh, I haven't been able to pull up his 40-yard time. I did want to see that one, but I think it was in the 440 range off the top of my, from just from thinking about it, going back to it, um, you know, and from some of the different stats I've seen. So the next player that I wanted to look at was Larry Roundtree. He's a running back for them, uh, 5'10", 211 pounds, so a bit more sort of change of pace uh, sort of style there. Not the biggest guy, but not, you know, the smallest guy either. Uh, he's he's had literally, you know, under 50 yards, um, you know, rushing for the season. Oh, sorry, 82 yards rushing for the season off 34 rushes. Uh, receiving, he's only had two targets, uh, you know, from that perspective. So he, he's not a massive contributor for their offense, uh, but at the same time, it's not like he does nothing either. Uh, he's played, he just generally each week, he plays somewhere between 15 and 25% of the offensive snaps apart from their, their win against Cleveland. Uh, you know, he, and he plays almost half the special team snaps. So he's a guy that you definitely might see on special teams uh, contribute, number 35, um, just like we see Benny Snell, you know, contribute from the Steelers side of things as well. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to Larry Roundtree, look out for him, particularly on the special team side of football. He was taken in the sixth round uh, of this year's NFL draft out of Missouri. Then you got a Nick Neenan uh, out of Iowa, linebacker. So very, you know, classic sort of defensive style. Six round, uh, you know, six foot three, 244 pounds. He's played in every game, uh, but almost all of that has been on spe- on special teams where he's had a season low um, of 70% in week one. And every other week, he's actually averaged, you know, played over 80% of those snaps and 91% against Baltimore. Uh, his biggest defensive contribution was against Baltimore. And, you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about Armin, uh, number 57, or Amen, um, you know, and he, where he played, you know, I think it was like 58% of the defensive snaps. Well, in this game against Baltimore, uh, here, Neiman played 26%. So, you know, you're definitely seeing that they went heavier than but used a lot of these guys and rotated them against a heavy run team. Uh, he's position number 31. Uh, so look for him uh, to, again, you know, maybe contribute as the Steelers, you know, as they look to stop the Steelers' run game and really put pressure on the quarterback, particularly if Big Ben is playing. Then you move on to Asante Samuel Jr., the second-round draft pick for the for the LA Chargers, uh, 47th overall. Obviously, his dad played in the NFL. You know, he was someone that I thought the Steelers could look at in the second round or definitely slipped in the third or toward the back end of the second trading up. Um, someone I was interested in. I didn't, I didn't have a first-round grade on him. Obviously, a lot of the NFL teams didn't either. Um, but exciting from him so far in the season. He's got two interceptions, uh, which is great for him. He had them in week two and three. So I think there was a feeling at the time he was like level with um, Diggs, um, Trayvon Diggs, and he was level with a few other guys. And so there's a feeling like he could have really had this breakout season. Hasn't fully translated, which is interesting. Uh, you know, and in that week two game, he had a season high of three pass defenses. He did have a pass defense last week. So he might be getting back into it. He plays... You know, apart from the win against Cleveland where he played 40%, I think he might have gone off injured in that game. Um, and then 
52% in week eight. Every other week he's played, you know, 90 to 100% of the snaps on defense and he plays about uh, a quarter to a third of the snaps on special teams. So definitely contributing here, uh, has about 25 combined tackles on the season, one tackle for a loss um, as well there. He allows a completion percentage of under two-thirds at 63.4%. He's only allowed 306 yards of 41 completed targets for the season. So that's pretty good. So he allows a quarterback rating of about 90.1. He's only allowed three touchdowns on the season as well, uh, which is pretty interesting. And he has an average depth of target uh, of almost 10 yards. So he's doing pretty well, actually. He has missed, though, uh, a quarter of, the, of his tackles, which is interesting. But it says Jeff... You know, I, I think I'm not a fan of missed tackles. I think sometimes there's a lot of excuses in the way that, you know, that are made, particularly around, you know, blaming scheme and what have you. But as Jeffrey Benedict said rightly on the cutter room floor this week, you know, missed tackles depends who you're putting there and also the size and the matchups and stuff. Like if you're looking at what Asante Samuel is doing at 5'10 and 180 pounds, if he goes up against someone like of Claypool's size, you know, expecting him to be able to tackle them every time, you know, that, that is a tall order. Uh, so anyway, Sunday Samuel Jr. is a guy to look out for there with his two interceptions on the season. I just have a feeling he's going to make a big play in this game as well. Uh, but he's position number 26. Then we move across to Chris Rump, uh, the outside linebacker from Duke. Uh, that definitely was someone, you know, that, you know, you, that a lot of teams were sort of coveting him after he went in the fourth round. His sort of range was three to six as well, but a lot of people probably more thought three and four, um, definitely four. I think probably felt a, a safe position for him. Anyway, uh, this is where Chris Rump was taken in the fourth round by the LA Chargers at outside linebacker, six foot two, about 244 pounds, according to Pro Football Reference. Uh, he's played, you know, almost... 80, he's played 80% or more of the special team snaps apart from the first week of the season. He's played around 15% most games of the defensive snaps and 30% in week three there. Um, you know, So he's not the first choice, but you've obviously got Joey Bosa in there and a few other guys too. So not surprised from that perspective. Uh, you know, there he's got no sacks on the season so far. He's got under 10 tackles. He's position number 94. He's a depth piece for them, if anything. Uh, so don't expect a massive contribution from him uh, unless what we're basically seeing is, you know, there's an injury or, you know, now Bosa might is back in. Maybe Chris Rumpf was, was headed uh, or might be back in, I should say. Chris Rumpf might have been headed for a bigger contribution this week. Maybe he's not now. Uh, but if, if, you know, if he is, as I say, you'll see him on the field in number 94. Rashawn Slater. So Rashawn Slater is, all, is definitely a guy I want to look at. According to PFF grades overall, he's got an 82.2 for the season, 75.9 plus pass blocking, 83.3 run blocking. Uh, he's played the 13th. He's tied to 13th for most offensive snaps played um, as well. He's only allowed two sacks on the season. He's actually number three if you go to those rookie ratings that we talked about earlier. He's number three in the entire NFL, which is pretty crazy, um, you know, for NFL rookies. Uh, he's, you know, only allowed multiple pressures in less than three of his nine games this season. That's pretty good uh, as well there. So Rashawn Slater uh, is having quite a season and Look, he's someone that I wanted the Steelers to trade up for. Um, that's that's in a Slack channel. Um, you know, like I could probably literally pull that up. 
I I think Rashawn Slater, I knew he'd be better than than Sewell. I think you can plug him, and particularly because you can plug and play him all over the D-line, uh, O-line, I should say. Uh, maybe you can plug him on the D-line as well. Maybe he's a game marker. Maybe he's done something in high school I don't know about. But, you know, Rashawn Slater is this, is you can build a, an offensive line for a decade around this guy. You know, I was really disappointed and particularly, you know, where the Steelers were sitting in terms of the draft picks. If it had been less than 20, I think they could have been in a position to move up for this guy. Now, whether they would have, you know, it seems like they were pretty hell-bent on Najee. But, you know, I, I think any, I was sitting there thinking whichever team gets Rashawn Slater will, will be winning. And it was interesting that he fell all the way to 13th. You know, I thought, he, I definitely thought he's a top 10 pick. Um, you know, so I'm interested to see how that affects a guy like Evan Neal in this year's coming draft um, as well. So, you know, we'll see from that perspective. But look, he was taken by the Chargers, 13th overall. He's, you know, a key chess piece for them in the next few years, protecting Justin Herbert. He's played 100% of the offensive snaps. He plays about 15 to 18% most weeks um, for special team snaps um, there as well. You know, he's done really well on the season so far. You know, he's only had, um, you know, a handful of penalties, one holding, two false starts, um, you know, so less than a handful there for three overall penalties, 4.9140 yard, you know, a bench of 33, broad jump 112, shuttle 4.45, three cones 7.48, vertical 3.30. So he's an athletic guy. His position's number 70, uh, you know, and look, look for him to really make the, you know, affect the pass rush um, against the Steelers, but particularly look, look for the holes that he might open up for guys like Ekla uh, in the run game. Then moving across to uh, Brendan James um, or James from Nebraska. Uh, he was taken in the fifth round overall in the offensive line position uh, there. He's only really played on special team snaps. That's the biggest contribution we can sort of give you there. Position number 64, um, you know, and I think he can play all over the line, but I'm pretty sure he might be a guard um, given these 298 pounds in pro football reference and six foot five stature. And I just think back to when I saw some guys previewed ahead of the draft, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's an, he's an interior guy there. Then you move across to Mark Webb, who's a safety, six foot one, two hundred and seven pounds, taken in the seventh round out of uh, Georgia. There, so you know, obviously, you know, a top school there, number twenty, number twenty nine on the field. He's only allowed one completion off one target for the season. Quarterback rating of one hundred eighty eighteen point seven, but that doesn't mean much when he's only been targeted once. Um, he's only played one percent of this season's defensive snaps and forty percent of the special team snaps. A uh, 4.6140 yard time, which really cost him. I remember that, you know, coming out from a combine and, and, and pro day perspective. Um, I, I think really you're going to see him special teams contribute to contribute on special teams in this game. And that's probably about it. But you don't know. This is sort of guy that might line up in a sub package um, as well, depending on all to be loaded in the box. Um, so, yeah, just, just keep your eye out for Mark Webb too. Then you look at Kamon Hall, cornerback, 5'11", uh, featured in nine games uh, out of North Texas this season. Um, you look, he's played less than 10% of defensive snaps. That's his season high of 8% in week two. Um, you know, he plays a lot of special team snaps there. So really, again, he's a guy to look out for on special teams. It's pretty classic from a team like the Chargers and also the coach and Staley to do that with the rookies. Um, but he's got, you know, literally six tackles on the season. That's all the only noteworthy, noteworthy thing. So that's Cayman Hall for you. 
Then Damon Lloyd, that's the final player. Um, you know, he out of Indiana, he's been on injured reserves. So he hasn't played for the Chargers. So that really wraps up the Chargers rookie room. You know, as I said, it's guys like Rashawn Slater going to be the big difference. Guys like Asante Samuel Jr. Look out for Trey McKitty as well. Um, you know, but they've got a good crop of guys, just like the Steelers have. Um, they're not necessarily asking as much of their guys. They're, you know, a bit friendlier on the injury front for them. But, you know, that's kind of where it's sitting, you know, for the Chargers. Uh, and, and the Steelers this week. The Steelers rookies have a lot more experience. Expect I, I would hope that the Steelers rookies can take advantage of that and really put some pressure, um, you know, or, or get the one up, at least from the rookie room perspective, um, against their compatriots on, on the Chargers side of the, of the football. And so with that, we've got room, uh, you know, for probably one preview this week. I did want to look at linebackers, um, you know, not just because of the Devin Bush thing. I do think the Steelers need to be out there for one. I'm not completely sold on on show, but um, so I'm going to really try and look at Jack uh, Sanborn next week because he's eligible um, next year and, and he's, you know, played 50% of the 890 defensive snaps, which is the season high at the position um, or in defense. Uh, and I want to look at guy, a guy like Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan as well, who's also going to be draft eligible, and Devin Lloyd. Um, you know, so, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's an edge rusher, but I want to start looking at some edge rushers as well. But Devin Lloyd, particularly, and Jack Sanborn are two guys. You know, Jack Sanborn, I think, is a Steelers, you know, run stuffing style uh, inside linebacker. Um, but it's interesting there. And then the other third guy that I want to look at is DeMarco Jackson. So I'm going to bring you that next week. Um, we'll look to try and crack through some of the, um, you know, the opposing team um, rookie room stuff pretty quickly. I think that'll be the Minnesota Vikings as well. Um, you know, so, you know, and again, their manager contributed really is, is Leatherwood on the season so far as well. So, sorry, with the Bengals, um, who've already technically previewed. So we'll, we'll go through them quickly. We'll sp- focus a lot more on college guys um, next week. But one guy I did want to talk about today was a guy called Anthony Cook. Um, so he's a cornerback for Texas. Now, Texas is having a pretty, you know, they had a bad loss. Like, I'll tell you what, what a week to be a Steelers fan and a Texas fan. And I'm obviously an Australian, so I support the Wallabies, our rugby team. They had a bad loss against England. They played terribly. They should have been beaten by more. Um, I'm an Arsenal fan, too, in the Premier League, and they're going to play Liverpool this week. And even though they've been doing really well as of late, you know, this is the game they need to get into, you know, the top four and three or cement their place in the top five, at least. They'll probably lose it, you know, or draw it and, you know, stuff that up. So it's been a real fun week to be a to be me in terms of the sports fandom that I have. Regardless, Anthony Cook is someone that I wanted to talk about earlier on in the season, um, you know, but I've sort of let him continue to develop this season in the college side of things. He's interesting because he's not a guy that I think is going to, he's not a th- the fourth, third round. So he's not going to be picking the first, second or third round. He's a senior going into the next year's draft. I'm interested to see what he can do from at the combine from a testing perspective, but he's someone from the fourth, fifth, maybe even he stoops down into the sixth round. I'd love, not just because I'm a, you know, obviously a Steelers fan and a Texas fan that I would love the Steelers to draft him. But when I think about a guy losing a guy like Mike Hilton, Anthony Cook is 6'1", 191 pounds. He plays a lot in the slot. And his PFF rating's actually gotten better. So, you know, he was 65.1 in 2018. In 2019, it was 63.2, and he was 28th out of 630 cornerbacks. In 2020, it was 50.7, and, you know, they played a handful of games, so it's hard to look at those stats. And then um, in 
in uh, this year so far, he's 43rd out of 591. Now, as I said, to me, he strikes out as, as definitely being a Steelers-type cornerback and a slot box sort of guy. Right now, his defensive grade is, as I said, 143rd out of 591 there at 72.1. His pass rush grade, though, is 90.5, which is first among all cornerbacks this season in the, in the college football for PFF. His coverage grade is 73.6. Now, Texas have had issues in their defense this year massively. So, you know, he's only asked to do a bit more, but that's interesting. But his run defense grade is only 59.2. Again, there's some issue there. Now, he's he's got an A status um, with them as well. When you look at it, it's really interesting because he's played only 190 running snaps to 259 passing snaps. Um, you know, now, and obviously in college football there, you can line up like that. And then the quarterback can, can rush the football as well. So, you know, uh, I don't know the depths of how PFF are pulling that particular element to it. But when you look at where he's lined up, he's lined up for six snaps on the D line, 121, um, you know, in the box, 310 at slot corner, 10 at wide, or they call wide or outside corner, two at free safety, um, and then he's done 66 kit on kick coverage, one on punt coverage, 43 on punt return. So he's a guy that does special teams. Like to me, he's a guy that's a, one of this jack of all trades. You know, I think he'd be a bit better than, a, you know, potentially a Trey Norwood, um, you know, as well. So it's just interesting to see, you know, a guy like Anthony Cook, is he someone that the Steelers could be looking on later on? Um, you know, is he someone that could really pull something out? And as I say, look, I'm really excited, um, you know, to see what he might actually be able to do, um, you know, if the Steelers were able to draft him. I'm interested to see what he does in the NFL anyway, you know, being a Texas fan, uh, you know, from that perspective. But to me, as I say, when I, when I, when I watch him play, I, I just feel... I just feel like there's something that's still esque about him, just the way that I did around Kendrick Green, particularly, uh, you know, from that perspective. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what he can actually do if he was to be drafted. Um, I think he'll do well in the NFL because he is this sort of jack of all trades, um, you know, kind of defensive back there, you know, that's willing to get in there and do different things that you can use on multiple, um, you know, different elements in the way you're going to play, whether it is run or pass. And I, and I'm hoping, I think his numbers are worse off given where the Texas actually the defense is for Texas, as opposed to him personally. But it is interesting to see that, you know, he plays against about 30 passing snaps per week um, on average there, but he's and he's playing against, you know, around 20 to, and in one case, 43 running snaps um, where he played that against in week two. That's when they got smashed by Arkansas, I think, correct? And saying, so I say, he's just one that, you know, I'm probably repeating myself here, but something to me says he's going to, you know, he's a steal, sort of a guy that the Steelers are really going to look at. Then I look at as well at some of the defensive grades, you know, in the season so far. And a guy like Roger McCreary stood out to me from Auburn. Now, Auburn led in a ridiculous amount of points for how good their defense is recently. Um, you know, and so he's all, this guy's, you know, draft eligible next year as well, 6'4 to 190 pounds. Um, you know, he played really, really well, um, you know, against the, the poor teams, but against the better. So, better teams he doesn't play as well and that's the problem when you hear a guy like roger mccreary and his name stand out because 
you know, his PFF defensive rating, you know, had a season high of that against Alabama State was uh, at 92. Against Penn State, it was 75.8. LSU, 65.2. Georgia, 61.2. Arkansas, it was back up being high at 79.6. Old Miss, it went down to 74.4. Texas A&M, 71.0. Mississippi State, 72.4. So, He's someone that, as I say, I think you could see the Steelers linked with a bit more, but I don't actually necessarily think that he's a guy that's going to really stand out. Um, you know, as much as the grade and the hype uh, will, will position him as well. Um, you know, no sacks on the season, which you expect the cornerback position. Um, you know, when you look at some of his other sort of elements as well, you know, he's allowed uh, 47% in terms of reception and coverage. Um, for the season, he's allowed 60 targets, but he's only allowed one TD. And I think that's the big piece, you know, when you look at the Auburn defense um, and you look at what this guy's contributing there, really it, it comes down to what he's able to do. And, and he does stifle quarterbacks when they do past him, but it's against the better teams where, you know, he, he sort of struggles there. Again, schematically is that where you're putting him. But as I say, there's there's the names of like your Roger McCreary's from your Auburns, and then there's guys like your Anthony Cooks um, from Texas, and it's commission to see where people fall into these different positions because I sort of feel that cornerback is not going to be one that a lot of teams look at in this draft. But if you actually look around the league, there are a lot of teams that need cornerbacks, and that's where you can find some real value. But look, with that, that Steelers warm for this week. Hope you enjoy the game against the Chargers. I know the Steelers guys are going to go out and do their do you proud. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.